Hi, this is Mwenda Says, a podcast by me, Mwenda Ngao, on all things life. Before I get into the episode, I'd like to thank everyone who took the time to listen to my last episode and for all the useful and great feedback. This is new for me, so I'm just taking baby steps and trying to figure things out as I go along. But I'm really, really excited about the project and I'm glad that you guys are also excited about it. One of the reasons I started this podcast was to spark conversations and I'm glad that I've had some really good ones with a number of you over the past week off of the podcast. So let's get into it. Today's episode is part two of last week's episode. We're still attempting to explore life, death and the care and grief in between and what it means to cling to joy, especially during a global pandemic. The focus is on self-care and mental health. You'll hear snippets of a great conversation I had with therapist and my friend Maggie Gitu, as well as voice notes from a few friends on how they are coping during this pandemic. I guess you can start by introducing yourself. All right. So my name is uh, Maggie Gitu. It's really Margaret, but everybody just calls me Maggie Gitu. I am a marriage, family, and sex therapist. Wow, Maggie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Good stuff. So, I mean, obviously you're aware of the pandemic. I think we all are, even if, you know, this is the type of thing, even if you wanted to hide under a stone, it's impossible um, to avoid. (laughs) Yeah. So um, what have been your, so far, your experiences in terms of the pandemic, uh, both as, you know, just Maggie and as um, a professional? Okay, so as just me, as just Maggie, it's been really interesting to see where I think I'm doing well and where I could probably do better. Mm-hmm. But I'm also aware that I'm taking things quite easy. Honestly, um and if I feel like I'm stressing, I'm reaching out to specific people who know me well enough to say, this is something you can do about it or don't even worry about it. Or you're worrying about this and you're overlooking all these other things that you've done or that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So for example, I had a time when I was feeling particularly fatigued and I couldn't understand why are you tired and all you're doing is staying home. Yeah. And one of my friends uh, who you know, cooks for people in the neighborhood said to me, you don't understand that she told me in Swahili, kazi akili na chosha. She said, magi mi nikipika, nikienda nyumba ni nivo. Lakini wewe, 24-7, unapata messages, ukokuwa internet, unongia na watu. So you're more tired than me because you're working a lot harder than me. Mm-hmm. I genuinely had not thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. I had not realized that I was, for example, online for so many hours trying to make sure resources were available, right? Mm-hmm. So as me, I've, that that conversation actually helped me to understand I need to be a lot easier in general, not just on myself, in general. Mm-hmm. If things don't show up on time, it's not the end of the world. Because we're literally facing what we're jokingly calling the end of the world, right? I know. If a delivery is late, it's okay. It's late. Um, 
because just to offer grace i think that's what i'm saying i'm trying to offer myself grace and then to extend that grace to other people for me as a therapist it's been quite hectic because um, cases of uh, mental distress psychological distress mm -hmm. uh, couple distress um, I have people who are pretty stable, whether they were my clients or not, because I'm also offering free care to anyone who reaches out to me because of COVID. And that in itself also is quite um, intense for me. Um, but just trying to make sure I can ground people, I can teach people how to keep themselves grounded because I'm one person and I need to make sure that after the phone call or the video call, they're able to function without me. Mm. So helping them understand, I think I've been doing a lot of articulating what's happening to people for them and helping confirm if what I'm saying is true so that they are able to say for themselves, oh, this is what's happening to me. Okay. I'm yeah. glad it has a name. I'm glad a professional, you know, saw it and was able to, 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 to like help me grasp it because anxiety feels like there are no boundaries. So you're flailing all over the place. Uh, depression, same thing. You feel like you're upside down. Or you, you don't know what to call what you're feeling. So a lot of what I've been doing is helping people, you know, articulate what they're feeling, mm -hmm. providing some sort of framework for them to understand it, and then providing another framework for them to understand how to deal with it, how to manage it, and a lot of times also how to eliminate it. A lot of people have realized they've been having expectations of a pre-COVID existence during a, a pandemic. It's not sustainable in every area. Mm -hmm. I, I know, I'm one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, high achievers have actually struggled a lot because they already had a rhythm of their hard work. They already had a rhythm of what they were achieving and what they were trying to achieve. So their ambition was almost in like um, cruise control, right? Because they knew what they were doing. And even when they were struggling, they were struggling on a path they had chosen. Yeah. COVID has made them feel like, wait a second, what? By this time last month, I had done these many things. I had accomplished X, Y, Z. I had planned to go X, Y, Z place. I had contracts with uh, companies that are now canceled. What does this mean about me? Does it mean I'm crap? It's true. I mean, there is a, a huge lack of control <laughs> during this pandemic yeah. that, you know, can make anyone panic. Yeah, that's that's 100% true. So it's as you so you asked me how I'm doing personally, it's been about extending grace to myself and to other people to be able to tell you, oh, my God, I overslept because I couldn't sleep through the night. And then to give you the chance to extend grace to me, for you to say, no worries, we can start five minutes later. Yeah. And also to extend the same grace to other people. When they show up late and they're expecting an irate customer or an annoyed person, for me to tell them it's okay, we're doing the best we can. And then I can see even behind the mask, they're looking at me like, what? And they, they actually smile and they say, thank you. And, you know, have a good day. And when they come back, they are, they're pleasant because they remember that they received grace. Mm -hmm. And this is something I actually wish everybody could do to extend grace to your children, to extend grace to your partners and to yourself. Always yourself first, because once you taste how good it is to be gracious and to receive grace, to say, I haven't done dishes in a week yeah <laughs> and you say okay instead of saying i'm a terrible person you can just do the dishes like solve the problem you have 
oh, you haven't showered in four days. Instead of saying you're, you're such a dirty, disgusting person, you can just hop in the shower for 20 minutes. Like, don't dwell on the thing you haven't done. Extend grace for yourself and say, yeah, it's true, I haven't showered in four days. I just was not in the mood, but today I'm going to hop in. Oh, I love that. I love the whole idea of extending grace, especially to ourselves. Because I think right. sometimes, you know, especially for, as you said, some of us who are high achievers, you know, it's constantly just go, 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 and not too much, you know, relax and, you know, you can take a break or you can figure this thing out over a longer period of time, you know. Yeah. So Maggie said something so important there about extending grace, especially to ourselves. And that is such a gem. It's something to hold on to. It's something that we all need to practice. So like I told Maggie, I'm one of those people that can sometimes be a little hard on myself, though it's been getting better over the years, you know, because, you know, as you grow older, you start to realize that you're you're human after all. So I try to give myself room to breathe and fail and try. And that is such an important part of, of self-care. Self-care, yes, has become such a buzzword. And of course, with anything that gains mainstream popularity, it's become a driver for, for a number of businesses. The default self-care image in my head, and I think it's true for a lot of you, especially women, um, is a spa day. We are constantly being encouraged to do facials and things like that. And, well, there's nothing wrong with that. Who doesn't love a good spa day? But the fact that that is the default image, it says a lot. It speaks a lot. For me, I'm trying to get back to what the origin of self-care and the one that I, I should subscribe to, really, which is a more political one. Audrey Lord said that caring for myself is not self-indulgence. It's self-preservation, and that is an act of political warfare. So recognizing that you are human and you are worthy of care is so powerful and this is especially true when you don't fit the default of what people recognize as okay so this is human you know you know what i mean so as a woman especially i'm speaking for myself here there's a lot of expectations in terms of what you're supposed to be able to endure so that I sometimes do feel a little guilty when I'm taking time out for myself or when I request that I, I need help. I need help doing things. You know, the, the default is sort of like you need to be some sort of super woman type of thing. And I'm like, I'm not. And I, I, I completely refuse to be that. So I think that um, it's so powerful when you recognize that you are a human and you are worthy of care. And in recognizing your own humanity, you're able to recognize that of others and extend that same care to them. Hi, Mwende. Eugene Okumu here. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share my thoughts on self-care and mental health in the times of COVID-19. So... Part of self-care and mental health involves an awareness of self and others. And the thing about self-care and mental health is that when one achieves a semblance of balance in either of the two, the natural gravitation is to always want it for others as well. As I'm sure you will have noticed, there's a lot of conversation online about taking the time that COVID-19 has provided um, to 
reinvent selves. To those that take the time to reinvent themselves, kudos to you. We will rejoice at the new and wonderful things you will be able to do when the season is over. But in the same breath, we have to check our privilege while navigating this pandemic. And that takes recognizing that we are not all handling the new normal we've been forced into in the same way. For some of us, COVID-19 has afforded us an opportunity to slow things down and reset our lives. And for others, the regular struggles that we go through have been complicated tenfold. Some of us are facing job losses, some of us have sick family to take care of, and others have more dependence. And that barely scratches the surface of some of the complexities that life has accorded us. And in such instances, it is easily tempting to guilt people into either believing that we are not struggling enough through this season or that we are not making the best use of the time that the pandemic has suddenly presented us with. My appeal to us is to be mindful of each other in this new reality that we all find ourselves in. Let us not guilt each other into thinking we're not struggling enough through the season. And equally, let's not apply pressure to others navigating realities we know nothing of. Again, thank you so much, Mwende, for the opportunity to share my thoughts on self-care and mental health. A great week to you and to everybody listening to Mwende Says. Yeah, so um, what are some of the things that you think you know, are signs that we should be looking out for ourselves and, and especially um, during this time and also for others around us? Because I think there's the general the general um, feeling of everyone is, you know, um, has some level of anxiety, but what are the signs that tell you, okay, this anxiety is not the normal threshold of anxiety. You've kind of crossed into something where you probably need to get some sort of um, help. Yeah. Okay. So generally I would say one thing to look for, or even for me, what I'm looking at is in what ways are you struggling to cope? Right. Mm -hmm. So if let's say you are the sort of person who woke up every morning at six and now you just couldn't be bothered and it's bugging you, if it's not bugging you, don't make it a problem. But if it's bugging you, it's important to take pause. If, if you or other people around you are more irritable than usual, if you're lethargic, meaning you have no energy to do anything, even the things you liked doing. You used to like baking and posting on Instagram and now you just couldn't be bothered. If you're feeling sad, um, sadder than usual, sad in a way that's leaving you feeling paralyzed, like unable to move, unable to eat, which is another thing, if you're overeating, if you're under eating. So when there's a shift to your appetites, your appetite for life, your appetite for pleasure, Mm-hmm. if it's too much or too little in your estimation right if you want to have sex 24 7 or if you don't want to have sex at all if you want to eat everything in your house at the same time or if you're not eating for days at a time or even the whole day you're eating one small meal mm-hmm. if things start to strike you as odd like what's happening to me when you start thinking now what's happening to me when you start saying oh my god i'm washing my hands every minute 
I'm so paranoid. I feel like I can see the germs. Mm -hmm. One thing you should know is you cannot see a virus. So when you start to feel like you're seeing it all over the place, it means you're leaning closer to paranoia. Paranoia is not your friend and it's a sign of distress. It's a huge red flag, right? Mm -hmm. But it's also a huge white flag because your, your internal self is literally waving a white flag and saying, help me. I'm starting to see viruses, help me. If you start to hear voices, I saw a meme that's, it's a joke. It said during this time, you may talk, especially if you live alone, you may talk to your pots and your pans and that's okay. But the minute they talk back, you should get help. And I really laughed because I guess for me, I mean, mental health, we, we also use humor to get through things. But there are people for whom this is a real distress. They start hearing things, they start seeing things. Um, when you become obsessive about things, obsessive about how much TV you're watching, obsessive about how much you're on social media, if you're arguing with people you would have never bothered to argue with before online, mm -hmm. if you're on YouTube 24-7, so look for excesses in either direction, too much or too little. Okay. Someone's temper is flying off the handle and before they were pretty chill. You need to pay attention. Your kids are becoming stubborn, difficult. They're screaming at you. You're screaming at them. Pause. Because one or both of you are in distress at that moment. So then what do you do when you're in distress? So de-escalate. First things first, de-escalate. Being cooped up with your family, with your loved ones, even with yourself, if you start to feel like you're going over the edge, just stop exactly where you are, take a break, go to the bathroom, pee, uh, wash your hands with cold water, hot water, doesn't matter. I like cold water because it jars, it keeps your body in the present moment, right? It like wakes you up. Mm -hmm. Make a cup of tea and chill out. Tell your kid, let's take a break. This isn't working. And then pull yourself together and ask yourself, what's really happening for me here? Because especially with children, you're the adult. They can't articulate what's happening for them. They can't say I'm anxious or I'm depressed or I'm worried about my friends yeah. or I keep hearing about Corona or they mentioned Kawangware and we live in Kawangware. They can't say that to you. Mm -hmm. They don't have the language. Ask yourself what's going on. If they're older, like even not even older, even five-year-old, six-year-old, eight-year-old, 12, 16, sit them down when, like, usually if people are in distress, we, I, I wanna, I always say give, give yourself 20 to 30 minutes from the issue, even couples, if you're screaming at each other, pause for half an hour and ask for it. You don't have to, um, uh, what's it called, storm off. No, just say, look, this is not going well. Can we please just pause this for 30 minutes? There's already a framework in place, 30 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. And my rule with couples is whoever has asked for the break is responsible for ending that break. So if you're the one, the lady, you've asked for a break, after 30 minutes, it is your responsibility to say, okay, it's been 30 minutes, can we try again? With kids, ask them, honey, what's going on? Why are we arguing? Why am I telling you to do this? So they can tell you, I'm tired of you bossing me around. Mm -hmm. Or I don't feel like... That's a real issue that you can address because then you can say, I know we don't, this is difficult. I understand that. What I want you to understand is school is necessary for you. And when you go to class online, you're going to be able to see your friends. And wouldn't that be nice to see teacher so-and-so also? 
to see how they're doing. They can ask you how you're doing. And then after that, you and me will do X, Y, Z. So you begin to really address the issue, not to generalize based on an issue and say, oh, my child is such a brat. No, your child is in distress. And calling them a brat actually doesn't solve anything. My husband or my wife is such a horrible person. I made a mistake. No, they're in distress. They're struggling to cope just like you. Yeah. Hi Mwende, Aziz Mola here. Living through COVID-19 has been tough, especially for those of us with underlying mental health issues like anxiety and depression. Since the measures came in, we've not been able to just go to work, meet up with your colleagues, or just meet up with your friends and family. I've not been able to have my therapy sessions. It's been tough considering that I stay alone and I'm not... I don't get the opportunity to meet up with those close to me very often. I've been trying to cope through this by listening to music, playing music, taking walks or exercising, reading and catching up with my friends and family via video calls and phone calls. I really hope we come out of this soon and get the chance to resume some form of normality with our lives and I hope that we shall overcome this virus and come out stronger at the other side. So what are some of the things that we can do to keep ourselves mentally healthy? Mm. You know, like practices in our day-to-day where we can sort of hopefully yeah. <laughs> stave off anything like extremely serious. How do we keep healthy during this time? You know, I just posted something the other day that was talking about, I was thinking about this question a lot and how to make it accessible to a lot of people. And you know what? It's basically three. I, I came up with like a three, three, three pronged model, right? Mm. First thing is alleviate, which means curing or solving a problem. See what is around you that needs to be alleviated, that needs to be made better. If your sink is full of dishes, do that, right? If you're mm. feeling like, ugh, I am in a terrible mood, think about, okay, how can I make my mood better? What can I solve right now? Especially if you've been living in in a fog this whole time and you're trying to find how can I get out of it? Or you've had just a difficult week. Next thing is elevate. Some of you, some of us are just okay. Nothing is wrong, nothing is right. So how can we raise that a little bit? Mm -hmm. That's why you're seeing a lot of people are baking bread. A lot of people are trying to make pancakes. Yeah. A lot of people are trying. I just posted a a thing where I boiled pineapple peels. Honestly, I didn't need to boil pineapple peels to make a tonic, tonic but I thought, you know what? I mean, my days are same old, same old. Yeah. Phone, internet, etc. Let me add something different. And if I'm adding something different, let me do it so that people who come to me for mental health support or even just my regular friends can also maybe get an idea of something to do with them with their spouses their kids or even themselves right mm-hmm. and that video got a lot of response only because it broke the monotony so elevation is really about kind of think of breaking monotony nothing is wrong but it's like same old same old yeah. so what can you do to raise that by the way for me it has been about adding coconut milk to my rice I cannot oh, wow. tell I you. I add coconut to everything, by the way. Right? <laughs> it just I makes mean, everything coconut. better. <laughs> coconut just like, whew. 
a simple meal of rice all of a sudden tastes good. There's a time I put lemongrass in the water I was making rice with just to see. Just to see if it would make a difference to the flavor. It was, there was nothing I'd see, oh, this is the best meal in the world. I just thought, mm, you have lemongrass. Some of you have rosemary. Throw rosemary in your yeah. cooking and just see what happens. Yeah. Boil your potatoes you know? with some lemon. And yes. <laughs> see? See how even the energy of this conversation has changed? It has. Yeah. Elevate. And then the third thing is exhilarate. This is like extra, extra joy, extra pleasure, extra, extra. Like our energy completely changed when we talked about coconut. For me, coconut is both an elevation of a meal, but also an exhilaration of my soul because there's something about that flavor that just makes me so happy. Yeah, it's like a vacation. Right. Using the same thing I just told you about boiling coconut, um, pineapple peels. The other day I thought, two days ago, I thought, why don't I just, because I have lemongrass, why don't I just make a tea with lemongrass and then top up with that um, pineapple tonic with honey? Girl, I did a whole okay, video I'm, and I posted it. I have to go. I'm literally just like, okay, how did I miss this? I need to go check out <laughs> your social media because I need I need this recipe. It's up. Right? It is so simple. And then my mom came to bring me something the other day and I, I told her, can I get you something? And I told her, oh, let me get you this. I actually made her taste mine just to make sure. And she was ready to criticize right and she said oh my god because she's not a big honey user but in that combination i made her her own cup and she drank every single drop and she kept saying oh my god this is so good that's what i mean by exhilaration mm -hmm. the pineapple already elevated my day it really did even if you listen to that video my voice is just like happy and the conversations around that lifted me but exhilaration think of like safari rally Daytona 500. Yeah. It's extra, extra joy, extra pleasure. It's um, recently, or could be three, four weeks ago, I tweeted jokingly and said, I'm going to learn how to twerk. Let me tell you, me trying to twerk has been the biggest joy of my life because I keep <laughs> laughing and laughing and laughing. <laughs> I leave the bathroom, there's a mirror in my living room, and as I'm going to the bedroom, I twerk and I just laugh at myself. And it really tickles me. And then in laughing, I think, oh, you know what? Let me defrost the meat so I can cook later. Whereas before, I may have chosen to just stay in bed and Netflix all day. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it doesn't have to be always serious things. Think of the times when or, or things you can do or things you can watch that can make you laugh. Hey, so I don't know. For me, I think... The last few weeks have been very stressful, to be honest. I'm not going to lie because the changes happen so quickly. I Like one minute you're at work and then the next minute work from home and then the next minute lockdown, you can't, you can't be out of the house uh, from 7 p.m. and then minimize contact with people. Like everything happens so fast. I think the brain took a lot of time to adjust. And it's interesting because so many people thought like, oh, if I only had a moment not to have to go to work every day, it would be awesome. But it's been very stressful for, for me and I know for a lot of people. But then it's also given me time to contemplate about a lot of stuff, about what I think about my work, what I think about my life, what I think about 
what the stuff I do, like writing and exercising and stuff like that. And it's allowing me to sort of slow down on what I feel like I need to do and, and, and start thinking of what I want to do. So that has been a good part of it. It's just trying to find the rhythm of, of the uncertainty of the future while also planning for a future, uh, working towards the future and hoping that this thing will end quickly so that you can go to the, to that future. So it's been a lot of anxiety, but also contemplation, trying to work out, trying to keep healthy and, and active and, and figuring out the things that you enjoy, going back to things that you enjoyed, but didn't get a chance to do as much as often. And yeah, so it's a learning time for me. I, I feel like if it continues for a bit, a bit longer, then maybe I'll move into the doing stage of the thing. Whereas just after taking time to just breathe, now maybe I can get into the action of doing things if this could be our new normal. So not everyone is doing that great, you know, in terms of, I mean, the economy is falling apart. A lot of us are worried about, you know, the next couple of months, what's going to happen. So how do we prepare for that? For, you know, because some of us have already been hit by the hard times, Mm. but for a number of us, it's not, you know, we're not yet there yet. So we don't know. Mm how exactly things are going to pan out. So yes, we have the anxiety, but mm. what's going to happen now when it, it, it really becomes a reality that, okay, you've lost your job or okay, um, you have to downsize or okay, this, you know, you, you know, when it gets serious, <laughs> what's, you know, how do we prepare to cope in the best way possible for that? And yeah. also how do we offer support to those who, are in our lives or around us who are going mm. through a really hard time right now how do we yeah. get support okay so let me start with the kind of coping and preparing when you if you start to either see in your industry or even in your neighborhood or even for you it's literally happening one good thing to do is to get real about what is a realistic expectation for you meaning do i have some savings Do I need to move? Do I need to be prepared to move in with someone? Do I need to see about talking to my landlord to see if they can cut me a break? Do I need to let go of some employees? And if so, how can I do it in the most gracious? Remember, we're extending grace. Mm -hmm. How can I do it in the most gracious and kind way to them and to me? Always include yourself, right? Some of you, some people are employers. So they're really struggling with the reality that they may have to fire people. But some may say, these people have been with me for five years. Letting them go now because things are tough feels like a betrayal to me. Mm -hmm. It might mean a conversation with them that says we're really struggling. I don't want to let you go. But I also understand that you, you you, you need to do what you need to do. So I can do, I've looked at the books, I can do salaries for the next two months. After that, we may have to go on half salary. If you'd like to leave, maybe let me know. Just just out of respect for one another, which is why I'm having this conversation with you. Mm-hmm. Right? Or if things are really tough, please accept a half salary this month. 
or until this pandemic is over. And then once we are back on track, I'm going to see how I can kick it back to you. And I'm assuming that these are people who are gracious and, and decent people. I'm yeah. not talking to people who are just using this as an excuse to uh, take advantage of their employees or, you know, whatever. And that's another thing. Before you deny your employees something, think about whether that's really the right or fair thing to do. Because when you're eating dinner with your family, you need to know that they also have families they need to eat dinner with. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. For you, it may mean some people live in apartments that cost 50,000 a month. It may be time to talk to your landlord and see if they can cut you a break. It may be time to start thinking about going to an apartment of 30,000 a month, 20,000 a month. Mm -hmm. It may be time. Yeah. And you know that pause? I, <laughs> I feel like that's not the easy thing to do, but it's better to do things when you're coming from a position of strength than when your landlord has kicked you out and your things are outside. Yeah. Right. Also, can I start a side hustle? Can I offer help to somebody for, for a little bit of pay? To start thinking from where you are now, what would be the best move for me? Not the move that I want to make, not the move that feels good. Strategically, the best move for me. I know some of people, especially the on the lower end of the socioeconomic spe uh, spectrum, have had to send their kids up country. Yeah, yeah, they have. They don't like it, but they felt their kids would be safer there, and it was financially the smarter thing to do for them at that time. At this time, it's it's difficult, right? Mm -hmm. For some of them, it has meant that their kids will not be able to go back to school because Mashambani, there is no internet or devices to get on and do e-learning, right? Mm -hmm. And then take advantage of whatever little is there. If you have a radio and they're offering lessons on radio, get your child on there. It's not ideal, but it keeps things moving in the right direction. It's better than them idling and then trying to get back to studying three or four months from now. Right? Mm -hmm. um, get help if people come to your neighborhood like to give out, let's say, unga, go and get some. Don't be embarrassed or ashamed. If you need it, you need it. And some of you who need it have actually helped many people before. It's okay for you to get help now. If you know that some of your house helps and Shamba people and Askaris, um, some of the people that work in your neighborhood, you may have a pretty good relationship with them. The vegetable guy who cutters your boga before you even get there. Yeah. If, if you're the person in need, it's okay to ask someone that you, you're a bit close to and tell them, I'm sorry to disturb you, but I just wanted to let you know that I'm really struggling with food. Mm -hmm. If you don't mind, I would appreciate some help. A lot of people will help you. And Whether it's true. I, yeah. I mean, sometimes you really doubt that people would help us, but it, it's true that a lot of people will actually help you if you ask. That is true, especially because they already know you in a different context, in a different way. Right? Yeah. So, and then on the other side of how can we support? I've, in fact, oh my God, if you look at, my Twitter had an entire like Corona care hashtag like thread. It's pinned. I've put so much information and one of those things is this. We don't have to do everything. But we can do something, so do it. 
If there's something you can do is sending money to maybe somebody um, who's collecting money to, to buy food or to send money to people who need it, contribute there. If that's the thing that calls your soul, go there. But some of you are going there and then overlooking the person who does your washing, overlooking your Askari. You know that when we are in lockdown from 7 p.m., that Askari is sitting by himself or with his fellow Askari, depending on how many you have, in silence for the whole night because there are no cars coming in at 2 in the morning from the club. Yeah, they're not exactly busy. So all they have to do there is sit in the cold and think about their things. What is so difficult about getting them a packet of milk so they can make tea for the night? If you got them milk and you got them bread, or you got them milk and you got them chapati, or you got them just milk and some sugar or tea, or you got them a tea pack for the week, go to your grocery store or wherever you buy your shopping, buy a whole packet of tea leaves, a whole maybe long life, like five packets for the week, so one packet per week or whatever, or make tea in your house. Somebody said to me they've been making tea and sending their kids to their scary because they want their kids to develop the idea of empathy and grace to other people. I love that. And then I, I want to also say that there are people on the lower end of the socioeconomic status and some people might be thinking not everybody can give. I didn't say you have to give. I said we can all do something. My friend who cooks for the neighborhood, sometimes we'll see someone who she just knows they're hungry, but today they don't have that 25 bob for a chapati. Out of the kindness of her heart, she will give that person a chapati and say, no, 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 you eat. We can't let you. Is that not an act of grace? It is. Is that not an act of generosity? It is. Hello, Mwende. This is Rick's poet. COVID-19 came with a lot of anxiety for me in the first two weeks of April, building up from the last week of March when this thing was intensifying. I could barely get any work done. Um, but I decided to tap into my creativity to write more, journal more, um, reflect, meditate. I internalize a lot of my emotions and um, it paid off quite much and I also opened up a podcast which um, you know sort of was something I was looking forward to I'd been meaning to do for quite a while Um, and then now I've been writing a bit more poetry and uh, actually I've come up with ideas of projects I really want to do even in this short time and I'm really quite excited. So, yeah. So just to wind up, you mm-hmm. can share on, you know, you've said you, at the beginning that you are running support sessions online. How can yeah. people access this? How can they join? And, you know, again, your Twitter handle, Instagram, your social media, because you're, you're talking <laughs> about all these great resources online yeah. as well. Yeah. So, um, what are your handles and, and things? Okay. So first, yes, I am offering um, free care for people who are struggling with COVID. I am um, offering it to doctors, to nurses, to therapists, to clinical officers, to journalists, and actually to anybody else. If you have, If you feel like I'm having a tough time 
let me reach out to Maggie, reach out. I'm doing the best I can. That's the only thing I want you to know. I'm doing the best I can, and I'm limiting the sessions to 30 minutes just so that I can make sure that I get to the, uh, everybody who needs it, right? Mm-hmm. At the same time, I want people to understand I cannot solve your childhood trauma now in a free session that is 30 minutes long. So um, I'm sure as you've noticed, we had a few technical issues towards the end of that conversation. We did pick up though, and this is the rest of that great conversation that we were having. So I was just saying that extend grace to yourself. If you need the care, don't feel like you don't deserve it, like other people need it more than you. You are other people. Let's learn to prioritize our care because in being cared for, we are able to care for others as well. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, how can you reach out to me? You can reach out to me by DMing me on Twitter or just writing me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is Maggie. The mezzo, M-E-Z-Z-O, because I am also a trained singer. I'm a mezzo-soprano. So just Maggie the mezzo. And it's not difficult to find. Um, I think my other name on Twitter is the goddess of love and light. That's how you'll know it's me. But my photo is right there. Um, On Instagram, it is Maggie the therapist. Maggie the therapist, nice and simple. Mm -hmm. You can write me there, DM me, or just write me in a comment. Same with Twitter. Let me know you you heard about this on Wendy's podcast, or you know, tell me like how you heard about it, and then let me allow us to schedule a session with you. Us meaning you and me, not me and anybody anybody else. Mm-hmm. And finally, all sessions are confidential. I shouldn't say finally, I should say another thing. All sessions are confidential. So whatever we talk about, if I meet you out there after COVID or even before COVID or even on social media, I don't know you. If you talk to me, I definitely will talk back, but I will not be seeking you out because I need to respect your dignity as well and your confidentiality. And then I want to say something to people who are struggling to cope but don't feel like they need therapy or that they need to talk to me yet. That is very okay. What I can encourage you to do is stay on my social media platforms. And I'm not plugging my social media platforms just to plug them. It's because I have been very um, deliberate about posting content that is helpful and that is useful. That means if you go to my Twitter, the pinned tweet is quoting another tweet, which is an entire thread. Scroll up to the beginning of the thread, scroll down through the thread and pick what it is you need. Because, you know, we don't all need therapy. Sometimes we just need an idea. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we just need um, inspiration in a particular direction. Sometimes we need a suggestion, right? A little push. So not everybody is going to need therapy, but most people will feel like, oh, my God, I'm really like blah today. This week has been really crap for me. What's going on? I haven't slept well in three days. What's happening? I thought I was doing okay. Why am I feeling like I'm sleeping? No, don't panic. Go to Twitter. My pinned tweet is quoting a thread. Click on that thread. It starts in the middle, so just scroll up to the beginning. There's so many resources there. So many videos I've done. Videos even of things we've talked about here today. And they're short, between maybe two minutes. I think between a minute and five minutes. The longest is maybe five minutes. Take those five minutes. And on Twitter, you have to divide them into two minutes, two minutes, or two and a half minutes. Yeah. 
right? So spend those five minutes in your day listening to something and seeing whether you can get something from it. The other day I Googled how to make sangria. So mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm doing my little part of creativity, but it doesn't look Instagram nice, but it tastes delicious. Gosh, I love that. It doesn't look Instagram nice, but it tastes delicious. Yes, That's literally does. like a catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> to make me laugh, yeah. No, seriously, I'll borrow it, but I will attribute it. I'll be like, yeah, Maggie Gitu. Maggie Gitu. It doesn't look Instagram nice, but it tastes delicious. Yeah. Oh, you make me feel good. You I think that that's soul. literally like how life, you know, even without creativity, people are still trying to like be Instagram perfect. You'll want to yeah. bake and then you'll take 10,000 years to take the perfect photo. Mm. <laughs> or it doesn't turn out looking good, but the flavors came together really nicely. And then nicely. you just don't take the picture because it doesn't uh -uh. look good. <laughs> Please put your messages on Instagram and laugh with, laugh at yourself, laugh with people, and then enjoy your meal. You can even tell them it doesn't look Instagram nice, but it tastes delicious. I love that. <laughs> I think that's like a perfect place to end. I agree. Thanks so much for giving me the opportunity to tend my piece of grass and to hopefully support people through this. Um, we're going to get through it. It's a season. It's a terrible season. But we, we are going to get through it. We have our role, you know, wash hands, social distancing, and also caring for ourselves and other people around us. Yeah. So I appreciate you as well. I appreciate you too. Thank you so much. Karibu sana. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much for listening. This has been... Part two of the series Cling to Joy Living Through a Pandemic. Part three will be out next week and we're going to delve even more into self-care and I will share what I have been doing and what my experience has been through this pandemic. I'm a little nervous about that. <laughs> but that's kind of what the point of this podcast is. So I have been your host, Mwendengao, and this has been Wende Says our weekly podcast on all things life. It's out every Wednesday, so look out for it. If you'd like to share a voice note to be featured on the podcast on how you're coping through this pandemic, you can do so by emailing me at hi at monegao.com. That's H-I at M-W-E-N-D-E-N-G-A-O.com. Please try and keep it between a minute to two minutes long. You can also send me your thoughts on the podcast or anything else you'd like to share. I'd love to hear from you. Interact with me on social media. On Twitter and Instagram, my handle is Soso. That's at M-W-E-N-D-E-S-U-S-U. -S 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 or on my Facebook page, Mwendengao. Remember to wash your hands, social distance, wear your mask, stay active, and be kind. Till next week, thank you for listening.